Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks. With me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there, everyone. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, some old school gaming. Yeah. Or new school, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, those of us who uh, grew up in the 1980s, you know, remember the uh, arcade games that used to be so popular. Now they're still there, but nobody goes. Uh, or, well, there are very few arcades left. That's true. That's uh, true. The ones that I go to or I've been to have mostly had racing games or... Uh, Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, Dance Dance Revolution, racing games, and gun games. And then there's that cow. Right, yeah, the cow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we were talking about the kinds of uh, games that we like to play, and, um, you know, a lot of us have a soft spot in our hearts for those old arcade-style games, like the, the Pac-Mans and the Donkey Kongs and... Uh, Elevator Action. Yeah. That was my favorite game. Don't <laughs> make fun of Elevator Action. I'm not making fun of Elevator Action. I'm just not an Elevator Action devotee. Well, we, no one can be perfect. But uh, the thing is, you can't... You know, play those games. Yeah, it's really easily. Hard to you find can't just them. go down to your Seven Eleven or you know Circle K or whatever you happen to have handy and dump 
you know, 275 into the machine and play all night. Like he right. Used to. Or, and, and, you know, there, there are a few places where you can maybe go to say an auction and, uh, there are places that will auction off old arcade games. Oh, yeah. I have actually have a friend who used to go to these all the time. There was one that would come to Atlanta two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they would set up all the games and you could go and you could play them for a little while. And if, uh, if you liked one, you could bid on it. And if you won, you took it home that night and he had two or three different uh, cabinets in the basement of his house. Yeah. Yeah. There so, are, uh, antique game stores too. Uh, yeah. you look around and, and try to find them, uh, you know, make your basement like in, uh, silver spoons and you know, a couple of right. games. Yeah. Pinball machines. Um, pachinko, okay. you know, that kind of stuff. I've got to have that theme song stuck in my head all day now. I have won. Anyway, um, the thing is, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those games, you know, if you don't have the wherewithal to purchase one yourself, you're kind of out of luck. Um, and a lot of those manufacturers are, you know, in dire straits, have been bought out by other people, have discontinued their, uh, operating existence, so to speak. Yeah, they've been absorbed into other companies to the point where there's no real, you know, there's, there's nothing left of the original entity. Yep. I mean, hey, you could even take Atari, which was, you know, ubiquitous in the 1980s arcade. Um, and, you know, they've died and been resurrected. They're and completely different company. Yeah. And two split companies up. actually. Yeah. So. And, and also we should point out that a lot of these arcade games, the, the game itself was hardwired into the hardware. Oh, yeah. Of the, uh, of the gaming uh, system. So uh, it, it seems, it seems kind of weird now when you think about popping a, a DVD into your computer to play a game. You know, well, you could play thousands of games on your computer. Well, not so with these things. They were, you know, wired to play one game and one game only. Right. So that concerned a group of people who really wanted to find a way to um, preserve these games, these games that otherwise, if the hardware fails, the games die. We lose them forever. And uh, that's kind of where MAME kind of came out of, I would say. Right. Which uh, stands for Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator. That's true. Now, <clears throat> MAME uh, is for educational and preservation purposes only. Right. This, this, The purpose of this is not to give people an opportunity to play the games they loved. It's to create a system that will play these, these games uh, in order to preserve them. So that, say, sometime in the future... Uh, someone, the, the rightful owner of this game could come back and say, you know, we want to build another machine that's just like the one we built 20 years ago, but we don't have any of the existing hardware anymore. Um, we don't know how to build it the way it was built originally. We would have to reinvent it if we were to, to build it again. Well, MAME kind of preserves these things and it's almost like a museum in a way. Uh, it's meant to, to keep things so that we we don't lose them. Mm-hmm. That's it. And uh, as the creators themselves say that, uh, you know, just being able to play the games again, that's a nice side effect. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, purely, you know, coincidental yeah, that you so can actually play these games. And in the software itself, which is open source and free, there is no game code. So right. if you download MAME for your computer, you have downloaded MAME for your computer. Right. And uh, you can get a copy for PC, Mac, and Linux, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you may be going, okay, I don't get what all the fuss is about. Why were you talking about these old games? Well, MAME doesn't have any in there. What's up with that? Right. Okay, so there are no games that come with MAME. It is just an emulator, which means it emulates 
the uh, the abilities of various arcade machines. Uh, now, that's where the multiple comes from as well, the multiple arcade machine emulator. Not all arcade machines worked exactly the same way. In fact, they were all very quirky and all, you know, if uh, games from one manufacturer may work in a completely different way than from another manufacturer. Uh, sometimes games from the same manufacturer worked in very odd ways. So you had to have an emulator that could emulate all of these different machines in order for you to uh, to run this these programs. So if it doesn't come with any of these games, where do you get the games? The games themselves are on ROM images. It's read-only ROM, memory. Right, exactly. ROM stands for read-only memory. And why is it read-only? Well, it's because these are games. They're not designed to change. Uh, it wasn't. This wasn't something that uh, that the game designers wanted people to to go in and, and tweak settings on. This is really meant to just uh, be a game. That's it. There was no need for it to be random access. There was no read-only memory is all you needed. Yeah, they weren't going to put anything else in there. Right. Uh, especially if you had, say, Centipede, which used a trackball and a uh, shoot button, fire button. Yeah. And you wanted to throw something else in there like Defender, which had a joystick and lots of fire buttons. Right. And thrust and hyperspace and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't... You couldn't do that. You'd have to rewire the whole darn thing. Exactly. So these ROMs. Now, mm-hmm. these were usually hardwired into the uh, the hardware of the, the arcade machine. Usually it's on a chip, although it could also be on a disc or a tape. Um, those were used in some games, but not many. A laser disc in one case, or two cases, really. Yep. And you're referring to uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. With uh, Don Bluth animation, you're dead on there, Paulette. It's it's that's exactly correct. So you have these files that are on these other systems. Now, what what Mame what uh, the Mame folks and the ROM folks have done? They've managed to pull that information off and make an image of it. Um, it's uh, an image is a, it's essentially it's a copy is really what it comes down to, and uh, some places host these copies. Uh, not as a museum, <laughs> necessarily, but as a way for people to get hold of them. And if you have the MAME emulator uh, and it supports that particular game, if you have the ROM and the emulator together, you can play the old classic arcade game on your computer. Right. And if you actually own the chip ROMs, then you're doing it legally. Exactly. If you don't so if you have the own guts the chips, of, Yeah, if you don't have the guts of the machine. Right. So if you do not legitimately own a copy of that machine already, you are essentially stealing. And um, you might say, well, these machines are very old. Surely they are not bound by copyright law. And you would be wrong because yeah. none of these uh, have dropped out of copyright. Right. They're not abandonware. Nope. These are all viable. So in theory, if you go and you know, steal a copy of an Atari game, then then you could get – you could theoretically be prosecuted for it. Now, are they actually going to track you down? I don't know. Well, it's not uh, It's not like the RIAA or the MPAA. They're not uh, – they haven't been as strict no. about that, especially the publishers who, are, who have completely gone out of business. They really haven't gone after people right. for trying to do that. And some of the game creators have even gone ahead and released their copyright hold and allowed people to go ahead and, and take copies of their games. Now, granted – the titles of these games aren't necessarily like, you know, showstoppers. Like, I, I don't know. I never played Circus. Oh, well, you know. But still, 
you can get those copies legitimately because there's there's no longer a hold and they're part of the public domain. Right. In fact, MAME hosts them on its site. Right. But not the thousands and thousands of other arcade games that uh, might be found elsewhere. Right. Those MAME does not host. Uh, it uh, does not endorse the downloading of ROMs. That's not the purpose of the emulator, as they've said over and over. And people who do go and download these ROMs may find out that not all of them work the way they had hoped they would. Part of that is that the emulator is constantly evolving. So if uh, the, if you read that the emulator supports a game, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to play exactly the way it played in the arcade on your machine. It means that the emulator successfully copies what the machine does, but maybe not at the same speed. Some of these games can come across as very slow. And uh, it might be a little different experience playing a game that was supposed to have been played with a joystick when you don't have a joystick. Yeah, if you were just using the keyboard, for example, that might slow things down. Depending on the settings you have on your emulator, uh, some of the emulators, like, because MAME is really a back-end function. It's a command-line function, which means it's, you know, you have to type in commands to get to run programs. But people have created front-end versions that have a user interface, make it like a graphic user interface, mm-hmm. to make it easier to to navigate the MAME system and, and to play ROMs on it. Um, but all of that takes up processing power. So by the time your game is actually running, uh, a lot of your computer's processing power is already dedicated to just running the emulator. Right. And uh, the game itself may suffer as a, a consequence. I, I played a... Um, uh, a ROM, an emulator uh, version of, I want to say it was um, Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Do you know that game? Uh, not very well. A little bitty guy in armor running around firing at monsters. And hmm. Anyway, uh, I tried playing it on a friend's machine, uh, a, a friend friend's machine, not my machine. And uh, it was really slow. Like it just, it was, it was practically unplayable. Other games ran all right, but that one in particular, not so much. So just because you can get hold of the emulator and the ROMs doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the same experience you would at an arcade. No, that's true. Um, even uh, there have been some people who have gone so far as to assemble their own arcade cabinet with a custom-built screen, essentially a TV, and a uh, PC that they use only for that. And it's, right. Um, you can actually buy these machines and you know they've got the the full arcade layout with all the different fire buttons and joysticks and trackballs and things that you can use and some people uh you know have their own multi arcade machine emulator using mame or other software to to power it um and you can theoretically set all this stuff up of course you know if the authorities found it in your house they might be upset right yeah i i do know someone who actually has one of these where uh, it was his his wish to set up an arcade machine that had all these ROMs in it, and then you could just select whichever game you wanted from a little simple user interface. Mm-hmm. Um, try and hide the fact that it's a computer at all. You know, the the interface made it look like it was just an arcade selection thing, and you could you know scroll down the different titles, pick the one you wanted, it would start playing, and uh, and he had pretty much weeded out any of the games that would not run smoothly through the emulator. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, he set it up that way and he had an old arcade cabinet that he bought at one of these auctions. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, I can go over to his place and, and play some, uh, Ms. Pac-Man as I am want to do. <laughs> Don't laugh. I love Ms. Pac-Man. No, 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 not at all. No. Um, she's saucy. <laughs> you know, one of the things that's 
interesting too is, um, and this really goes back to what the, the main, uh, inventors intended. Um, if you try out different ROMs, you can find out, you could try games, different versions of the same game that were originally intended for different markets. And yeah. they're slightly different from one another. It's, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you look at it from a, uh, the standpoint of a, an archive and you go, okay, well, that's really cool that this, you know, they, you get a chance to see what people in the other part of the world, uh, you know, were playing at the same time it was, it was playing in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a, a feel for the cultural differences. Like if you play the same version, same game, but different versions, different, um, uh, regional versions of the game, um, you can definitely see some interesting differences. And, uh, um, there are even, uh, there, and of course there are, there's a whole host of games that were only available in other countries and that you may never have had a chance to see unless you had actually, you know, traveled around the world in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of Japanese games, for example, that, um, otherwise you would, you would never necessarily encounter because they were never imported into the United States. True. True. And, uh, and MAME supports more than 3,900 unique games. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty impressive list. And that was back, uh, that was when they last updated, which was sometime in 2008. Okay. So it may be even more now. That's, that's true. Um, and I should point out too that it's not just games from the 80s. There are other, you know, more modern games, oh, yeah. 90s yeah. and, uh, double zeros, except, you know, I imagine some of those really rely on their sophisticated hardware and things that, you know, those giant floor games with the surfboards and the, not the cow. Not the cow. Okay, so what Paulette's referring to is a a cow arcade game that I encountered once upon a time. It was a milking game, and the control was a set of udders that would light up, and you had to pull the lit udder. It was like a rhythm slash Simon game. I just had to explain it because I don't want to have to answer those emails. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's fascinating, though. It's just that's one of the cool things about the arcade game that you don't get from playing a game on your PC is uh, stuff like that that has the specialized hardware, and you get to to do this, have this completely different experience than you would, you know. Just you know, the Wii is fun, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, there's also something about having the the cabinet. Um, yeah. You know, because you could. You, there's no reason why you'd have to build a cabinet. I mean, there's there's no requirement. You could just have a television on a stand and you could have regular joysticks or whatever hooked up yeah. to it and you could play it that way. Um, but the reason for the cabinet is really to recreate that sort of arcade experience from the 80s. And so we're really talking a lot about people who are pretty much our age who uh, remember that, you know, as a kid going to the arcade and uh, and standing in line so that you could have your turn at Street Fighter 2 and take on the, the reigning champ or whatever it was that was your favorite. No, actually, I... I go back before Street Fighter 2. So <laughs> so I'm thinking more along the lines of I can't wait for that guy to stop playing Galaga cuz I really want to play um or Donkey Kong Jr. That was another good favorite oh, yeah, of mine. Yeah. So Food Fight. Food Fight. I love Food Fight. Classic. Yeah. With the bananas that Burger turn into time. boomerangs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so All right. anyway, enough down memory lane, yep. so to speak. Um so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for Mame. But there are other emulators out there. It's not just uh, Mame's not the only player in town, and uh, there are a lot of them for various machines. That's true. Uh, you know, actually speaking of the Wii, um, you have the ability to uh, buy WiiWare, and and it will let you play games from the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, Super Nintendo, even the Sega Genesis. Right. Um, and a lot of the games that got ported over, the classic arcade games, are available. On that and uh, what the Xbox 360, the arcade version, 
you know, and got some of those classics. Yeah, dancing. yeah. These these machines have emulators built into them that allow you to play these games, and uh, and and legally. Yeah, uh, there are other illegal ones as well. Um, oh yeah, I can say that I have seen a Dreamcast emulator for the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. Uh, I I I can tell you that maybe half the games on each disc work properly, but not Super Punch-Out, which was the only one I really wanted. Uh, I mean, my friend really wanted. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah. So there are emulators that people make, you know, that hackers make essentially for various consoles that allow you to play the games from other consoles. Uh, Manufacturers don't like that. You know, for the simple reason that they would much prefer you go out and buy the other console. Yeah, yeah, but in in cases where the console is already dead, yeah, and you want to be able to play those old games, yeah, you know, no, they could make a little extra money by making that available. Yeah, making it like if, few, they, if they if they follow bucks. if they follow Nintendo's lead, then they can totally make money off of that. Now, granted, there there are all these rights issues for all those old games. Now, Nintendo, it's a little easier, but. For other game companies that refer the relied very heavily on third party games, it gets a lot more complicated. But yeah, if you can make that available legally, people will go out and they'll buy them. Um, otherwise, people kind of it's it's wrong to feel like you have this sort of uh, justified um, uh, sense of ownership over these games because you don't. You really you, you don't have any ownership of these games. There's no reason why you should be able to get hold of them just because you can say like, well, they're not available any other, anywhere else. That's not justification for going out and stealing them. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of ignore that because they're like, well, I really want to play this game and there's no other way for me to do it. Well, tough. And the company's out of business. Why do they care? Well, yeah. they probably still do care. Yeah, the, the writer of that game probably cares. Yep. I mean, some of the writers, they don't. They're, they, they just want their game to be played. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones who release the ROMs for public consumption. And in that case, that's fine. But otherwise, it's, you know, better to stay on the uh, sunny side of the street, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's a good discussion there. Um, You know what that brings us to? Uh Uh-oh. Listener mail! I swear I'm going to disconnect those speakers. Good luck. So, today's listener mail comes from Brendan Davey from... Washington. I don't know how to say the name of your town, Brendan, so I'm not even going to bother. All right, then. (laughs) All right. And he says, I'm looking into buying a computer. I would like to know whether the Windows operating system is better than the Mac OS. Can you compare these? Also, I heard that some Macs can use both operating systems. Is this true? Thanks. So we're going to have a Mac PC throwdown. All right, Mr. Mac. Convince me that Mac OS is better than Windows. Um, one of the advantages of having the Macintosh operating system um, is that uh, it is more resistant to viruses. This is true. Um, or at least fewer viruses exist for it. Yeah, and that's that's part of the problem with uh, being uh, less uh, popular, if you will, is yeah. that a lot of the crackers uh, take shots at the, the big guys and uh, leave the little guys alone. So the Linux and Mac crowd just don't see the viruses and trojans and all the other malware out there in the same volume that Windows people do. And Mac OS also supports a lot of really, really useful software. Um, so if you do a lot of uh, media editing, for example, the, the Mac software is, is great stuff. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff out there for video editing, audio editing. Macs are great for that. Um, in fact, I, I prefer using Macs to PCs whenever I'm doing any kind of media editing. It can even be adapted uh, since it runs on the BSD, which is a, a form of Unix. 
Um, it can actually be adapted to run other Unix-based uh, applications. Uh, it's a little tricky. It involves some <laughs> emulation. Right. Um, but but it can be used to run Linux and other Unix-based applications um, when you need to do that, which gives you a broader base of, of applications to draw from because one of the big complaints, like, for example, my father has a Mac versus PC. He says, well, you know, the Mac just doesn't have the same level of software. Right. And, well, uh, that's the thing is that Windows does support a huge library of software. I mean, the lion's share, really. So true. if you're like a gamer, uh, Windows is the way to go because that's where most of your games are going to come from. Now, there's some great games on the Mac, so Mac lovers don't write to me and say that I'm a Mac hater. I'm not. I own a Mac. Um, but it's just it depends on what you want to use it for. So if you're a big gamer, I would say say you want Windows. But you did ask that you had heard that some Macs can use both operating systems. That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, if your Mac has an Intel-based processor, and that's essentially anything released in the last couple of years or so, maybe right. two and a half years, mm-hmm. um, then you should be able to run Windows and even Linux or other forms of Unix on there that will run on an Intel processor. Yeah, you can get a, a program called Boot Camp that allows you to have both Windows and the Mac operating system running on your machine. You choose when you boot up your machine which one you want to run, and then you just go from there. So let's say you've got a Windows program you want to run. Well, then you can boot into Windows and run it. And then uh, you can quit and boot it back up into Mac if you want to. Actually, speaking of emulation and of doing that, um, there are there are at least three options that I know of that will allow you to run Windows or Linux on your desktop at the same time as you were running your Mac OS. Holy there. free holy. <laughs> There's Parallels Desktop. VMware's Fusion, and there's an even a uh, free open source version uh, or application called um, VirtualBox from Sun, and it will allow you to run uh, the other OS in a Mac window. So you can be, if you say, I'm done with my project in Mac, I want to play this game that's only on Windows, you can boot up VirtualBox um, and you know, launch Windows and start playing that game. Now you have to partition your hard drive. Right. Uh, Boot Camp is an Apple native application that will that actually comes with the OS. Um, and, but that requires you to reboot your computer into Windows. Right. And um, you have to own a copy of Windows, obviously. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, Linux is one thing; it's free. But um, you know, if you want a copy of Windows yeah. legally, Purchase you need it. to buy right. a you know a boot disk and do that and partition your hard drive with Boot Camp. Right. Yeah, so so it is possible, um, and uh, uh, so if you if you just cannot decide on between one or the other, then you could get a, a, a new Mac and and do that. Just keep in mind that this does mean you have to partition your hard drive, so you're not going to have the same amount of hard drive space uh, per operating system. Um, and uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, pick whatever suits your needs the most. If you're going to do a lot of media editing, I suggest the Mac OS. If you're going to play a lot of games, Windows. Really, if if you're just going to be surfing the web, uh, checking email, writing something up in the word processor, building websites, you don't really have to have. It really doesn't matter which one you use. Yeah, either one because, is great. Yeah, they're they're both good operating systems. It ends up being more a matter of personal preference, right. I think, at this point, especially since they've been growing together in the yeah. past 10, 15 years. Yeah, if you look at Windows 7 and you look at Mac OS 10, they're very similar. Yeah, they so. really are. So. Well, we hope that answers your question, Brennan. And if any of you have questions, suggestions, comments, you know, corrections, you can write in to us at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. 
And we have blogs up and live now. So if you want to read blogs from the, the Tech Stuff crew or from Stuff You Should Know or the History Group, the, the Auto Group, we've got, we've got blogs on all of these topics. And you can find those at blogs.howstuffworks.com. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.